This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your host and game master. Heroes, this is one of the last series on One Shot that I'm going to be hosting. After this, we are going to air audition games for people who are vying to become the new One Shot host. I'll explain more about the audition series when we're coming up on them. For now, though, I wanted to make possibly my last introduction as host of One Shot the way that I normally do, which is talking about the game that we're playing. One of my favorite things about OneShot is it's an opportunity to discover games that aren't really being featured anywhere else. Which is why I am surprised that one of the last games that we're running for this series is Chubo's Marvelous Wish Granting Engine. Chubo's was designed by Jenna Moran, who many people know from Nobilis. She's a very acclaimed and popular designer. However, Chubo's, which was published in 2014, has shockingly few actual play productions for it. This game has been suggested to me by fans of roleplay and design for years, but it's kind of an intimidating volume. The core Chubo's rulebook is 500 pages long, and Moran has a reputation for creating dense games. They are rewarding and beautiful, but they are extremely dense. And my schedule meant that I had to learn like two new games a month, so it's something that I put off for a very long time while making one shot. But a couple months ago, my friend Jian Shim came to me raving about this game, saying that in their private playgroup, they had amazing experiences that profoundly changed their outlook as a designer and a player. Now, we've worked with Jian before, and I think Jian is an incredible designer, so that is really, really lofty praise. But more than that, Gion said that they had a GM who was perfect for this game. After looking around and not being able to find much in the way of actual play for Chubos, I realized that we had to feature this game. And I am so glad we did. Chubos' marvelous wish-granting engine reminds me of some of my favorite story-focused systems. Rules like games like Belonging Outside Belonging. But oddly enough, the other game it really reminded me of was Invisible Sun by Monty Cook, which has way more mechanics. Chubos focuses on character arcs and goals that help characters get there. And while I mentioned that 500-page rulebook before, I think the real experience of Chubos, or at least the meaty one that causes people to shower it with praise, exists in the published adventures for Chubos, which is why we're playing a game based on Glassmaker's Dragon. The overall effect playing from this prepared adventure has is something akin to a fanfiction community surrounding these characters. Characters like Chubo and Seji, who you'll be meeting in our playthrough, are characters that Chubo's fans are really intimately familiar with. Everybody has a different take, but the elemental pieces of those characters are still there. And that is where the real magic of this game lives. Chubo's is something really special, but I believe the proof of that is in the things that you can do with it, which is why I am proud to present as one of my last adventures as host of One Shot. Chubo's Marvelous Wish-Granting Engine. Let's get to the show.
right, folks. We have our, our mics recording. We have our, our various and sundry character sheets. Uh, the last time I played a game where I needed three separate like document and tools open, um, I think was mechanically it felt very different uh, from this. But I'm really excited. Uh, let's introduce everyone uh, real quick. Hi, I'm James. I don't know how uh, you're hearing this or interacting with this, um, but I assume you know me uh, uh, if you do. If not, I, I put a better introduction on earlier in whatever you're listening to. So there. Um, but let's let's uh, move around and, and meet other people. Uh, first up, uh, a voice that hopefully is familiar to you because you've listened to some really good episodes of One Shot, and that is Gian Shim. Gian. Hello. It is so good to be back. I love playing with One Shot. This is going to be my favorite day of the week this week. I am uh, extremely excited to dive into this. Uh, we'll do this a little bit One Shot style, I think, Gian. In that, I am going to ask you an icebreaker question, and uh, I think for this one, it is going to be, in your life, uh, I, I assume that you have experienced places of natural beauty that have been beautiful and nurturing to you in a way that made you feel very lazy. Um, what is your favorite sort of natural environment that makes you feel lazy? Late spring in Northern California in Napa County when all of the wildflowers are blooming, but it is still just wet enough that you get that chaotic, lush greenery of a Northern California winter. If the wildflowers are out, that means the corms are out, which means foraging is easier. So if you really wanted to get rough and ready, it's easy to find food then. And it's just sunny and warm and beautiful. It's still an oak savanna biome so it's cold enough at night that you feel like you're really earning it being out there but god the stars are so beautiful then all the birds are really active then the animals are having their babies and you can see them coming out of their dens it is a wonderful time of year to be in that spot of land just lolling around doing nothing other than existing and it is perfect perfect i not only love that I love how truly close we are to that time of year. Uh, uh, this is very nice. This is extremely nice. Moving on, uh, uh, we typically introduce the person who is running the game last so that they can tell us something about the game. So our GM for this series uh, uh, that we're doing on Chubo's Marvelous Wish Granting Engine is Victor. Victor, welcome to whatever this is that is attached to the OneShot Network. Wonderful. I am so glad to be a part of whatever this is. You may use he or they pronouns for me, and I am delighted to be a part of all of it. All right, Victor, um, before we dive into Chubos, though, I have to put the same question to you. What is your favorite, like, beautiful natural environment that makes you feel lazy? I am very biased being currently seated in upstate New York. But the Catskill Mountains in high summer are really something to behold. Um, fellow tabletop gamer, um, I've been out there with a few fellow tabletop gamers before, and just being able to tell stories with one another off the land has been incredible. You can just sit in front of a waterfall and let it wash over your face for hours on end, and there's nothing else like it in the whole world. Wow. I I love it. I uh, never got the opportunity to visit the Catskills myself, which is wild because I, I lived in New York for such a long time. Um, but I did have a friend who grew up around the Adirondacks and he would always talk about home 
uh, with like a, a rapturous sort of reverence. Uh, so I I am glad that that through line like moves through the cat skills. I think a lot of people consider it the same way. Like you get attached to the flora and fauna of the area. You get attached to the lakesides. You get attached to the semi-poisonous snakes that live at the lakesides, etc. Yeah. Hey, it's only semi-poisonous. Uh, and of course you get attached to them. They bite you and they dig in. That's great. Uh, Victor, uh, because we are playing uh, Chubo's Marvelous Wish Granting Engine, uh, a game system that I opened up, looked at, and went, oh, there's a lot to this. I simply need an expert. Uh, you are you are that expert. So please uh, take us away. Uh, how, how do we get started with Chubo's? To introduce to the audience, um, this is a game released by Dr. Jen Moran in the year 2013. And rather than dice rolling, this is a diceless system that works on resource management, on a pool of willpower, and a pool of miraculous power that each PC uses. They're trying to accomplish a series of quests that I often describe like scavenger hunts. They're trying to complete each objective and get a few knocked out every scene, along with some interaction with one another to help them grow. Experience in this game is tantamount to the actual experiences that they're having rather than something gained from fighting. So it's like this that I'm here to introduce you to our very first scene and our setting. Though before that, I think I should introduce you to our principal characters. We're playing with two PCs this time around, and I would like each of you to introduce the characters that you're playing. James, would you like to go first? Yeah, I think we start underneath the noonday sun. We can see poking through leaves. Like, light has this quality uh, in a certain amount of shade and shadow, uh, and certainly with a certain amount of humidity, where it truly looks golden. I know that we represent it this way in art a lot, but there is a thing that is alive about light that can truly take on gold, and especially when it is shining through a healthy and vibrant green leaf. It gets that quality. And under that golden light and those shadows of those swaying leaves, we can see the dirty blonde hair of a boy who has cheeks that are swelling a bit with like pink sunburn and a bit with uh, freckles dotting across his cheeks and nose. Uh, he's dressed he's dressed in a shirt that like fits loosely and has uh, the sleeves rolled up. Uh, it's got to be some kind of blend of cotton or linen. It looks just a little bit old-fashioned, um, but old-fashioned in a way that is, like, put together and, and presented in a fashionable style. Uh, it has bright brass buttons uh, that were custom-sewn onto the shirt uh, after the plastic ones were carefully cut off. They're tucked into these high-waisted uh, gray capri pants um, that come down really just mid-shin uh, because this is the sort of person who likes to take off his shoes and walk through the water. Uh, 
The green in the leaves, for, uh, the green that like shines down uh, from the leaves of the trees really complements his eyes, which are a bright emerald green. We can't see that now, of course, because his eyes are closed and he is snoring. He is snoring in this pile of moss that he has found in the middle of this quaint little wooded area somewhere on this island that he lives. This is Chubo. Uh, at his side, we can see there is like a messenger bag uh, that is covered in pins and patches uh, that are from like a disconnected, odd sort of interests that have just been incorporated into the bag. Uh, there is also a light jacket uh, in case it got windy or just a bit chilly uh, that is haphazardly slung behind his head which he's laying down on. Um, and yeah, that's, that's Chubo right now, asleep, surrounded by moss on a warm summer's day. And, Gian, I have to ask you, and I'm so sorry to Chubo for this, but what is the rude awakening like from his closest companion? <laughs> Are you under a tree, Chubo? Gotta be under a tree. That's where the moss is growing. And that's where there is shade, right? What time of year is this, Victor? High summer. Remind me what's in season in Fortitude this time of year. We're nearly at apple season, but right now I think pineapples and cherries are the fruits that are in season. So this might be a cherry tree. Several cherries pitter-patter they, their way down several branches and directly onto your sleeping face. I think uh, it's the sort of thing where the cherries fall down and they fall in such a way that most of them fall around his head, except for one, one that is like broken free of a bunch and like actually fell off the stem, falls perfectly into his wide open mouth. Uh, so Chubo's breath like catches for a minute. You, you, you'd expect Chubo to choke. But that's not the sort of person that Chubo is, because Chubo's mouth closed in exactly the perfect way to have him bite down on the cherry. The flesh of the fruit separates from the seed, uh, which he spits out as he sits up and smiles, because the cherry is delicious. It's, it's just between being too sweet ripe and, and the right kind of sour. It's exactly balanced in the area of summer that they are. And of course, smiling, waking up with a delicious taste on his tongue, a warm breeze on his skin, and of course, sun lighting up the bountiful world around him, he looks for his friend. Seshi! From above you, you hear, ah, crud, sorry, Chubo. Sorry for what? I didn't mean to drop that. From above you, I'd say six feet up, Seji Swan is gathering cherries in a bucket awkwardly strapped to the front of him like a baby Bjorn. It's really full, but he still has to, I still have to gather quite a few uh, and the pressure of it is making me sweat. I'm feeling anxious and my bespectacled face is peering down at you nervously. As I say, did that land on you? I didn't see where it went. Um, oh, oh, maybe, probably. Uh, I think so. Seji, 
I had a dream. I, and I know you were in it, and it was incredible. Oh, yeah? I start climbing down slowly. My high-top sneakers are not cut out for tree climbing. The tread is basically entirely worn off, so I have to go inch by inch, which is pretty funny on my tall frame. I still move as though I were smaller, but I had a huge growth spurt over the summer, and I'm now five foot ten. Ooh. I say, what was your dream about? Um, like Chubo, uh, wanders over beneath Seji and like does a little bit of like framing as though he would be able to catch Seji if he falls. Probably all that would happen, especially with the, the moss around them. I feel like Seji, if Seji fell normally, uh, would fall just fine. However, with Chubo underneath them, they're guaranteed to hurt each other in some way, but... <laughs> Chubo couldn't imagine not being there to catch his friend in case his friend fell. And so that's what he does. Um, he moves over, frames up and goes, I can't remember a thing about it. Then how do you know it was a good dream? I hop down the last two feet uh, and promptly drop a dozen cherries and say, ah, oh, peas and kneel down to gather them up. Uh, well, I think this is where uh, Chubo hops in, Gian, because... Although Chubo would not have like the strength or wherewithal to really catch a falling Seji from from any considerable kind of height, Chubo was there with what he thinks of as like cat-like reflexes uh, in case anything went wrong. So Seji comes down and does the little bit of a stumble, but Chubo like uh, immediately uh, wraps his arms around Seji to brace him and like prevent like most of the bags from tipping over and so he is now extremely close to Seshi. what i think most normal people would consider uncomfortably close uh but chubo right now is trying to dig into his own brain um and so that means the farther a person really goes into their brain the less in their body they are and so he simply hasn't noticed how close he is to Seshi. All I can remember is you were there, and that it was wonderful. Is this messing with Seji's balance at all? Yeah, quite a lot. I am teetering <laughs> on my right foot, trying like behind Chubo, kind of pinwheeling my arms out to try to regain my sense of both physical balance and composure. If I weren't sunburnt, Chubo would be able to tell how red my face was flushing. We grew up together. We're best friends. It's not like we haven't wrestled or goofed around. Like we're very physically close, but something about this caught me off guard. The thing is everything that Shubo described about himself, pleasantly pink cheeks, slightly sunburnt, a little dusting of freckles. Imagine that dial turned up to like 13. I have the, the milk fed pallor of someone whose family has not lived on a coast for at least six generations. And the freckles are not just all over my face. They're on the backs of my forearms. Uh, you can't see them under my shirt, but they're on my shoulders and my back. And I have a shock of bright red hair atop my, my face, which bears gigantic round glasses, Coke bottle glasses that magnify my eyes, which I think are a surprisingly warm shade of blue. They're a very pleasant, slightly grayish blue, but because of the way that they're expanded through the 
convexity of the glass, I always look a little bit stricken, which is probably accurate at baseline. I'm a very nervous person. Uh, I'm good friends with anxiety, but I do manage to write myself and I say, hang on, watch your step. I just want to pick up as many of, of these things as I dropped as I can. Backtracking ever so slightly, um, Jubo, get plus one emotion XP for uh, absolutely making a fool of yourself this scene. God damn it, Jubo. Victor, do you want to briefly explain how emotion XP works in this game? Every character is trying to trigger a certain reaction among the rest of the audience. Other players or the GM is capable of giving it out. Um, Chubo is shooting for a bit of a friendly, goddammit Chubo, reaction. Facepalm, head desk, whatever you call it. Friendly, loving frustration at the fact that he's a little bit odd. <laughs> Dion, in turn, is shooting for thumbs up XP. Um, Seji, things don't go their way all the time. And I think it's good if the audience acknowledges when things do go right for them and give them a pat on the back. So just a you done good kid sort of reaction. And I'm recording both of those. And if any other player decides that they want to give someone their relevant XP, just tag me. I got it. Perfect. Thank you. You were rushing in to help? Yeah, yeah. Um. So Chubo like uh gets down and goes, Oh my god, you you got all the cherries already. Yeah, I mean, we have been here for like an hour and a half, Chubo. It hasn't been that that short a time. But the dream felt too short, so that can't be right. Does time does time work the same in your dreams as it does in real life? When I dream, it's like years pass and then I wake up and it's just been 5 or 6 hours. I'm bucketing the cherries uh that I've dropped and picking a couple more from low-hanging branches aside. My mom is really anxious to make jam before the season passes, which is why I'm, you know, workhorse hauling them back to my house, which I think is where we're going to head after we've gathered all of this up together. Totally. I love that. Um, and Chubo is trying to, like, think through what you've just told him. Mm. I I can't imagine myself being asleep for years. That doesn't make a lot of sense. So in your dream, like in like imagine your dream is like a a movie. Okay. Or like a book, the story. Well, I'll imagine a movie. <laughs> okay, dude. Uh Sorry, said she wouldn't say dude. Okay. Uh <laughs> but, you know, like in a movie it can span a decade, a character's whole life, and then you leave the theater and maybe it's dark out when it was light when you went in, but it's only been a couple hours. It, like that. Like when I dream, it's an entire lifetime a lot of the time before I wake up. Do you know what I'm talking about? Wow. Man, that's got to be why you feel a lot more mature than I do. That's got to be it. I think... My mouth gapes open like a fish out of water for a second at the prospect of anyone thinking that I am mature in any capacity. And it's really <laughs> only you who would ever say that about me, Chubo. It, it, it boggles my mind, the, the way your perspective of my character just is so shockingly different than everybody else's. But you know me best in some ways for some reasons that are more obvious than others. Uh, and it does feel kind of nice to 
here you hold me in high esteem. And nonetheless, I think I can't help but laugh like a like a donkeyish brain guffaw. I, I just can't help it. I you are the only person in the world, Chuba, who would ever describe me as mature. But thanks. Uh, come on, let's get these home before it gets too late. Yeah, of, of Plus course. Plus one emotion yeah. XP for Seji. Okay. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Chubo like dives in, um, grabs as many cherries as as like makes sense off the ground. I, I feel like, and Gian, correct me if I'm wrong, Seji in going into the tree to pick the cherries um, has selected only the best ones. So the, if something fell on the ground, there, there was like nothing to pick out, right? Yeah. Yeah, so Chubo like gives like a cursory glance to most of them, uh, or you know what doesn't even bother to give a cursory glance. Chubo knows Seji uh, at this point in their lives, and like just trusts that oh, of course he's got all the perfect cherries, and I just have to get them in these uh, like are these baskets or these bags? What what are what are we getting our bushels into here? I think it is a hobgoblin combo i think there is one like proper fruit pickers basket which i don't know if you've seen them but they're worn on the front uh usually a stiff frame either reed slats or or plastic or metal uh but also like a grocery bag that is hung from like lanyards on Mm -hmm. one side and then like a bike basket on the other because mom gave me no instruction other than get as much as you can (laughs) (laughs) so i am getting as much as i can and you know with the fringe benefit of there's probably plenty extra so you and i are snacking on them the whole way home i think by the time we get to my front door our fingers are stained red yeah here's an important question that i have for you gian like obviously we hiked out to to this wooded place uh to to get cherries from this tree um that that Chubo took a nap underneath. However, like I feel like to get from the wooded area to your house, there's got to be some bike riding action. And are we a one bike or a two bike sort of friendship? Oh, I think we're a two bike friendship. And that is so great that I don't have to haul these like near 10 pounds of cherries home on my neck. I probably have saddlebags that I brought with me. So I tuck those in. But I do think that I leave the fruit picker's basket with some of the cherries in it on my front so we can kind of, the way that like dolphins in the water will kind of come up close to each other to play, I think I'll bring my bike close to you to hand you a cherry every now and then. Oh, yeah. Well, what what we do is make a game out of tossing cherries back and forth into each other's mouths, for sure. Extremely well-advised game of tossing them into each other's mouths as we are biking. <laughs> You don't hit. You don't hit one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, it's very idyllic. It's the right time of year for that sort of thing. On the way home from the edge of Fortitude's forests back to Horizon, the scenery changes gently, but rather drastically by the end. The buildings of Horizon tower over the area that Seji calls home. Everything is ensconced in shadow, leaving it with a slightly washed-out gothic look. 
mist in the cooler areas, pools around the edges of the fields. And on the way to the area beside the Schwann Manor is a graveyard, as per usual. Tombstones sort of stick out a bit every which way. The few trees that are there are either dead or jagged looking, but Seji, this is your yard. It's home. And I think that the crows on the branches there squawk as if they're greeting you. I call back, hi guys, as though they are old friends who I greet every day on my way home from school or an errand. As a few of the cherries drop off your basket, I think that they come over to, like, pick at them a little bit. Um, and when you head up to your front door, I think that your mother is already waiting for you there. She is a tall, thin, wiry woman with hair just as red as her own down to her waist, and she is wearing a long black gown with an apron in front of it. She has already been, like, in the kitchen making, like, various creations of her own, which are almost always good, mind you, but they're a little ornate from time to time. And I think that she greets you both with a wave saying, hello, how was cherry picking? It was good, Ma. We brought most of them back. I had the most incredible dream. Oh, did you now? Chibo, pray tell, what was it about? Have no idea. Can't remember a single thing about it. But Seji was there. That's true of most dreams. The former, not the latter. But I'm glad you two have been getting along so well these past couple years. Has it been years now? I feel as though it's been... Oh, well, never mind that. For the meantime, as you know, you're welcome to stay for dinner. Oh, oh, thank you so much. And I think that the door opens before you. The Schwann Manor is enormous. And that makes sense because most of it has been converted into the Schwann family funeral home. Seji's parents are a pair of morticians who work on providing for the death and funerary needs of a good swath of Fortitude and Horizons community put together. So they're always quite busy at work, and Seji often is too. This is more of a distraction from their usual duties, let's say. But they're warm people. They're good people. They wouldn't make Seji do this if he didn't want to. And they're always there to greet Seji's friends, or singular friend, with a smile. Do you want to play some games before dinner? I mean, once we clean these chairs for Ma. Yeah, dude, I want to play some games before dinner. Right, is that cool, Ma? Do I have? Is there anything I need to get done downstairs? We have some new clientele, but I think we should save it for tomorrow. Honestly, you've already done so much for me today. Tomorrow, you're cool with that, Chubo. You don't mind? Yeah, I'll just sit outside the door and talk to you that way. Oh, you you still don't want to come inside? That's 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 fine. Uh, yeah, yeah, we can do that. Oh, thank you so much. It's just a bit of paperwork that needs to be handled, and, um, your father is already hard at work, and your brother is out for the time being. I don't imagine it will take any longer than an hour of the preparatory that we have to do. Okay, do you want help watching these cherries, or should we just head straight downstairs? I can take care of it from here. 
Thank you so much. Okay. You brought back so much more than I expected. This is going to be an excellent jam here. Oh, is that too much? Because you said get as money, get as much as you can, and, and this was literally as much as I could, and I wanted to, you know, obey the letter and the spirit of the law. But, like, if it's too much, I could maybe bring them back or leave them out for the crows. Seji, don't overthink it. We've been through this. It's all right. Okay. Okay. I kind of sheepishly scratch the back of my neck and say, well, I, I guess I'll... I'll head downstairs, and as I walk, I hit a door jam and go out, because uh, I'm still not used to- I'm not used to stooping to get under things yet. Oh, before you go, Seji. I love you. Love you too, Mara. Okay, and I tromp downstairs. Uh, I imagine Chubo with you close behind. Yeah, uh, Chubo, like, with- uh, uh, seeing- a fellow child go through the the I love you and the embarrassing I love you too, Ma. Chubo does give you a little bit of an elbow at that. Um, and you head downstairs together. On the way down, uh, Mel Schwan can hear me going, stop at your at you elbowing me. I don't know. What, what do you mean? I don't know what I'm doing. Come on. I My mean- arm just does this. My arm is like this. You know this. It happens all the time. Uh-huh. I, there's a, a, a series of hooks on the way down the stairs, I think, to leave outside clothes hanging. Um, I've been wearing my usual, you know, like, beat-up but well-maintained, like, camel canvas, like, duck duck jacket. Uh, and underneath it, there's a, a faded teal t-shirt with an odd logo on the front. It's, like, the white silhouettes of several birds and a slogan reading, I like weird birds, underneath a logo for the Horizon Birdwatcher Society. And there's also a series of non-porous aprons directly under those hooks and I grab one and throw it on without really thinking about it. There's also like a bucket of gloves made out of the same material and I grab a pair and throw them on very fluidly as though I've done this dozens if not hundreds of times before. This is where we see a shifting of like personality maybe a little bit as in the outside uh, in the place that he lives in the land that he is bound to chubo has all of the confidence of the sun but as we've said this is a place that is ensconced in shadows and the closer chubo gets to the basement like the more of that mask like pierces a little bit so you know chubo like as as they approach the the hooks where like there is this very natural to Seji, but like kind of ceremonial, like changing uh, to, to become appropriate to, to head down. Chubo like shrinks a little bit and he looks so much smaller in his jacket, which we can see is like, I, I think this is a nice almost, it's not tweed, but it's like cotton fibers that's woven like tweed. It's just like whatever would be cheaper. I do think there are elbow patches on this thing, but it's treated like a jacket that you would have gotten from a military surplus store. There are lots of like patches all over it. And I think um, uh, like stenciled across the back, um, just a little bit off center. Uh, there is weird birds, uh, that is just written across the shoulders. Um, and then like, uh, a silhouette that, uh, Chubo says is supposed to be a bird, but you really could only think that if you were very close to him and didn't want to hurt his feelings. He nervously hangs that on one of the hooks and then like, shrinks back 
and Chubo sort of enters into the not knowing what is expected of him because he is about to enter a world that he very much considers not his own. Do you want to wait just outside of the prep room, Chubo? I can, like, shout. I don't know what my dad needs yet, but it might not take that long. I might be able to come right back out. I feel like last time we got a little bit in trouble for being too loud, uh, and I want to avoid that again um, because, well... I don't I, you know what I think I would feel better actually uh if if I went down with you was behind the door still think that's a great setup for us and we should just explore that space and see how that treats us all of this is an experimentation says you we're experimenting right now um so we're gonna figure out the dynamic that works for us yeah okay cool well let me ask pop what works best for him we are now approaching the preparation room the downstairs basement is really well maintained it is temperature controlled there's probably been some extra insulation put in as well i think by virtue of it being the downstairs basement of a expansive sprawling manor house it doesn't look like a typical mortician's preparation room in in certain ways like for example there's all these little architectural flourishes the what do you call the like decorative strip of wood that goes that meets like the ceiling at the top of the walls? I can't remember what that's called. It's not wainscoting. Uh, molding. Yeah, the, yeah, the molding. Yeah, there's a combination of both crown molding and these like carved, elaborately ornamental animals. Yeah. Ooh. And. You know, some of them are recognizable, like Chinese zodiac animals, but also there's a lot of rats, uh, and the rats are like wearing gallant courtly clothes, like knights in armor, uh, bearing swords. There's all these like adventure scenes, kind of weaving in and out of the molding. Oh my god, I love this! I want this for my home. <laughs> yeah, it's an old house with all of the. Uh, the markings and signatures of that architectural period in this area. Hey, Gian, I've got a really important question for you. Um, and that is, what does the snake look like and why is it scary? Ooh, I think the snake... I think there are three snakes, actually. There's one that is normally proportioned with the rest of the animals in the, in the Zodiac procession. There's one that is enormous compared to almost all of the other animals, except for maybe the dragon. And it still has slightly residual bits of what looks like might have been gold leaf at one point. And that snake is smiling. And then closely behind and partially entwined with it is a second snake that is about the same size. And this one has slight a slight patina. It's hard to tell whether it's the patina of age or or green paint that's been rubbed off. And I think that snake, if a snake could have a goofy expression on its face, it would. It's got a bit of that look on its face. Uh, But that gold one... It's upsetting to look at. It is really upsetting to look at. It has the way that the sculptor carved the eyes 
it they follow you around the room it feels alive in a way that the other two don't yeah um and chubo like has unsleepovers and sleepovers past um chubo is someone who is i've decided extremely communicative about his dreams um chubo has had nightmares at sleepovers um before about that snake and you know i I think there was one night where you asked him like what is it about that snake because this is something that you pass every day and the only thing that chubo could like try to explain about it is that well it's smiling and it knows why and i don't which to chubo makes all of the sense in the world And it might not have made sense to me, but I've never looked at that snake the same again. It unsettles me now, and it didn't used to. And the fact that that is true, in turn, unsettles me as well. And I avoid looking at it as I tie the apron strings behind my back. And I ask my father, hey, Pop, should I put the little booties on? There's a little bucket with, like disposable plastic sleeves meant to be put over your shoes i was just outside with chubo i don't know like how sterile you want things today Morchwan is a stocky man he's a little bit shorter than you actually says she with um a bit of a failure to grow a beard that he's been trying for the last 30 years but he has a very kind look on his face, as always, and deep brown eyes, and I think square spectacles compared to your round, and he pushes them up a little, like, he'd been very absorbed in his work up till now. I don't even think he noticed you two come in, and he says, oh, um, no, no, nothing so formal today. It's not a big job. This is more preparatory than anything else. I only need help with a few details and for you to hold a few tools for me. Thank you very much in advance. I don't want to take away from your time with your friends. Oh, no, it's cool. Ma said it would take an hour at most. Uh, and you can see from, like, the the threshold, like, uh, Chubo's hand, like, brace the doorway and go, Hi, Mr. Schwan! Oh, uh, didn't see you there. Hi, Chubo! Uh... Sorry that I don't have anything for you to do here, necessarily. You have you cool? nothing to apologize for, sir. Will you be alright with waiting outside for roughly 45 minutes, however long this takes? You, you can't see Chubo's face because he is standing outside of the frame of the threshold of the doorway. He refuses to look in, even just to see Mr. Schwan, um, and goes, Something tells me that I'm going to be able to make do with that. All right. You've got it. Uh, my wife has already said that you'll be treated to dinner afterwards, right? Uh, she's on cooking duty today, even though I am normally. We're just switching it up a little. Yes, sir. And I think that uh, that, Seji, is when you finally like get a look at the body he's working on. And it is that of, I think, a roughly 60-year-old woman dressed in evening attire and next to the body and your father you see an ostentatiously dressed 
woman with a slight glow around her. Her face is impossible to make out, but you can see her ruby jewelry and the way her skirt is fluttering and a few pale flames surrounding the base of where her feet should be touching the ground. They are not. And she says to you, well, it's about time. I heave a resigned sigh and I think I have a nervous habit of like pulling on my right ear and I or not nervous habit uh a habit when I am settling into something that I don't particularly want to do but I know needs doing and I pull on my ear and say uh okay out loud I was told this process would be lengthy but Oh, this is beyond me. I'm getting a case of the vapors as it stands. Can we please hurry this up just a little bit? I need to look as beautiful in death as I did in life. Hey, Pop, how are you doing the makeup, do you think, this time around? Oh, well, after commentary from prior clients, I think I should make it look a little bit more naturalistic this time around. A little bit lighter. You know, show off the natural beauty of her face. Uh-huh. What does the ghost say in response to that? The ghost's gesturing to her own face, saying, Natural beauty? If you leave me out here to rot any longer, there won't be any left. Use whatever you have to. You're embalmed. This- I mean, she's embalmed, right? <laughs> well, yes. Obviously. Same as ever. And kind of gesture with my hands like, see? It's fine. Oh. Oh, I don't like looking at myself directly like that. Did I have to go that way? You really shouldn't use stepladders in a dress this long. Hey, Pop, I've got an idea, actually. What if I took over, uh... You can get like a like take a coffee break with with Ma or something, and uh, I'll take the forty five minutes and give it a shot, and you can come back and tell me if if I did okay. Seji, you've never done a job like this on your own before. Are you sure you'll be all right? I've done all the component parts, and I do first call now. This should be it. I feel like, and I glance briefly at the ghost who i imagine is crossing her arms and if she had feet to tap would be tapping one impatiently. yeah exactly and then i glance back at my dad and say i something tells me i can use my intuition on this and then i smile a big slightly unconvincing smile so is it a secret that you like see and talk to ghosts
Hey heroes, it's James, your game master, and welcome to the mid-roll. Heroes, I want to sincerely thank everyone who stepped up and contributed during our 2023 Patreon drive. We've got some accounting to do over here at the OneShot Network, but we're excited to make more incredible RPG productions. If you missed the drive, don't worry, many of the prizes for our drive are still available. For instance, if you would like to unlock the lost episodes of Campaign Star Wars, we'll still do it if we hit the $7,500 a month goal. So head over to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and sign up today. There are lots of great rewards, especially if you like Chubos in particular. During our drive, we released episodes of this very series of Chubos Marvelous Wish Granting Engine, and you'll be able to jump ahead to episode five. But don't think that means you'll miss out on weekly new releases, because the Chubos series was a four-shot. That's right, we had four separate sessions of Chubos Marvelous Wish Granting Engine telling a marvelous overall story. And the later episodes include one-shot favorite Darcy Ross as a player. You can start listening to more Chubos right now by heading over to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and signing up for $5 or more per month. A huge thanks to all of our current patrons and everyone who's going to sign up in the future. Finally, before we get back to the episode, a quick reminder that members of the OneShot Network are attending Gen Con this year. We've got a big list of exciting events and they can sell out, so I want to encourage everyone to head out and sign up if you're going to Gen Con. That includes System Mastery Live, the RPG Game Show, and Skyjacks Live. So if you're going to Gen Con, we would love to see you there. Just be sure if you attend our events to please wear a mask. Now then, a quick word from our sponsor. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And with all that out of the way, let's get back to the show. So is it a secret that you like see and talk to ghosts? I don't know. That's what I was going to ask you, Victor. I was playing it like it is. I think Chubo knows. I think Chubo knows, but I don't think that your parents, like, understand anything beyond, like, wow, you sure do have an intuition with this. Yeah. I think I've, like, occasionally asked them if they can talk to ghosts, and they have responded as though uh, I was telling a funny joke, and that whirled through the Rube Goldberg machine of my brain like a ball bearing, and I am now convinced that if I tell them, uh, bad things will happen. So uh, I keep it a secret from them. He sighs and says, you're really growing up, aren't you? Uh, He is way too fast, if you ask me, sir. I did not. I am going to dismiss myself for the time being, but if you're confused on any part of this process at all, if you need any assistance in any way, please just use your pager. Okay, yeah, I got got it. I I tap it uh, where it is on its customary clip on my belt. Thanks, thanks, Pop. I I appreciate your your confidence. Uh, I won't let you down. I promise. I'll get a leg up on funerary paperwork. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Divide and conquer, right? 
He heads out to go do that, and you are left alone with a very impatient ghost. Yeah, hey, Chubo, give me one second, okay? And I turn to the ghost and I say, we gotta meet in the middle. If I do something really out there, my dad is not gonna like it. I didn't sign up to be taken care of by the Adams family. I look down at what I'm wearing, and then I look back up at her and say, how... Do I possibly fit into the Adams family? I don't know. I haven't watched it since I was a girl. There has to be some little redhead freak about. I'm pretty sure that even distant cousins in the Adams family do not wear shirts that say I like weird birds and have the prescription glasses that I have. You're fine. I am a normal person. I will do makeup like a normal person, which means you need to give me normal person parameters for it. I can't. Is the ghost arguing with you about the Adams family? Just one second, Chubo. And I turn back to the ghost and my tone softens a bit as I say, this isn't just for you. Your family is going to be there too. And they're going to want to see you the way that they remember you. Because you can't make out her face, you can't see that she sighs. But the way that she releases the tension in her shoulders seems to mirror that. And she says, fine, fine. This is just all new to me. I wasn't expecting it. If you can use dark eyeshadow, peach lip gloss, and however much foundation and blush you need to make my face look natural, just just do it. I don't want to make eye contact with that thing that's not me anymore. Just Yeah, I get it. I, I know it's uncomfortable. It shouldn't take too long, and I'll make sure the I'll make sure your eyes are closed when I when I ask you for feedback. I can open and close them as needed. Is that cool? She doesn't say anything, but she nods and sort of flexes her fingertips a little bit, like she's adjusting to this information. Okay, just if it's for my son, yes. And I think you toil away at that for some time, and when you're finished, it's maybe one of the best jobs that your father's seen from you, past all of the practices, and I think he sort of like elbows you on the shoulder a little bit to say, hmm, you're becoming a natural at this, your mother is going to be extremely pleased with this progress. Thanks, Pop. Now, I know that you're still too young to direct a funeral directly, but if you'll consider at least attending next time... I mean, I'm more of a a backstage kind of guy. Uh, maybe is it important if I attend this one because I did the, the cosmetics, or...? You've done enough for now. Just think on the future. Okay. Yeah. No problem. And I'm taking off my nitrile gloves and the and the little booties. There is a mini fridge in the preparation room, I think. My family has been doing this a long time. And I think some of the boundaries between like things that mix or don't mix have blurred quite a long time ago. So once I toss the the PPE equip- or gear um, in the trash, I walk over to the mini fridge and I call back behind me. Hey, Chubo, you want to pop? What do you got? Uh, and I open it. There's like uh, 
flip top bottles of homemade ginger beer and uh shrub the the like that slightly vinegary carbonated drink that you can make yourself in different flavors isn't of- shrub alcoholic no it's not oh okay mm-hmm. i guess most of the shrubs that i have had are Yes, they are just a component in in most alcohol in in some alcoholic drinks, but they themselves are vinegar based. Uh, good for hydration in hot weather. You got any of that strawberry shrub left? Yeah, I think so. There's oh look, there's exactly two bottles, and I grab them each by their neck. Uh, I say, okay, pop, I'm gonna head back upstairs to play games with Chubo before dinner. And I have two questions for you two. Mm-hmm. First of all, are you two video game or board game people? What do you choose? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like this. Video games make sense. It feels Chubo preferred to think of his dreams as a movie than a book. So video games feel spot on for Chubo. Nice. It's rare to get electricity this far out, but because your parents need it for a lot of their dealings in terms of keeping things cold and keeping things well lit... Um, it's fully hooked up here, and you've taken full advantage of it. It wasn't that hard to find a beaten-up Super Nintendo at the junk shop. Okay, okay. SNES. What game? So, for people who are listening canonically, this universe, regardless of what the time period is, for us as listeners, or even, like, characters outside of this world, if I remember correctly, it is 2004 in Fortitude. At least for the Glassmaker's Dragon materials that we are using, it is suggested that it is the early 2000s. Okay. I think, you know, Chubo, I think that you are a big fan of Pokemon. And, like, I am too. I like Pokemon. Mm-hmm. I like I like animals. I'm not as good at playing strategically as you. I mostly just like the Pokemon. But I think recently I got a copy of Legend of Zelda, and it's really captured my imagination in a way that the games haven't and i recently it's it's the only game i want to play um link to the past is a classic i don't blame you Mm -hmm. do you like it so chubo is not good at it but does like to watch you play it for sure victor what room in the manor is the nintendo hooked up in it's in your room which is up in one of the spires yeah yeah, I think as we're walking up, we've already popped open the shrubs and are drinking them. It's a, at this point, later in the afternoon, I'm sure it's like gotten warmer. And so it's nice to have that cold, refreshing drink. The staircase, I think, up any of the spires in the manor is a spiral staircase, maybe of like black wrought iron and like similar ornate motifs as the sculptures and the molding. And as we're trotting up, there's a, a flapping of leathery wings. And I say, ah, oh, man, that, that was right in my face. And it's our family pet, a gigantic bat named Vixoth. Can you refresh my memory what species of bat it is? I don't remember. Vixoth is a species of fruit bat that's relatively native to the area. Like a, like a flying fox type? Yes. Yeah, because it's it's a relatively like warm almost tropical climate i imagine the Vixoth is pretty big um and i think the smell of the strawberry shrub got him excited and he's like trying to take a sip uh perched on my shoulder Vixoth's a weird little creature normally you'd sort of question the um the ethics of keeping this sort of animal in captivity but Vixoth is over 30 years old which is 
unheard of for a member of his species and has displayed very unusual intelligence at various points. And besides having a whole room dedicated to his enclosure in the manor, he's let out regularly and always comes back. And I think right now he is absolutely trying to get his abnormally long tongue into your drink. I can't believe that ghost compared you to the Adams family. She's a ghost. Like, what is she even basing that on? It's so rude. She belongs in the Adams family. You should have seen what she was wearing. Vixoth, no. And I'm starting to chug the soda so that Vixoth can't drink it. I think he's like laughing at your cheek a little bit, giving you little kisses, trying to get towards it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a cutie. I love him. When we get to my room... Trying to think if there would be a poster on the outside of the door, and if so, what it would be. You know what? I think there is. I think it. I think in my recent fixation on this video game, there is a poster, like a Zelda poster, but it's it's weird. It's not like one you would see from a game store or from the studio at this time. It looks hand illustrated or hand drawn, but it's definitely like a store bought poster. It's like someone in town played the game or heard the story of the game and then made like an Arthur Rackham style like fairy tale illustration of it. You recognize that it's rat produced. Yeah. Yeah. The Fortitude Rats are another species that tends to uh, conglomerate around here, hence their name. Um, All rats in Fortitude are sapient, a few feet tall, capable of speech, and often very dashing in their attire and the weapons that they hold. They are, however, somewhat obsessed with forms of human media, including movies, books, video games, etc. And they admire the stories that we tell because storytelling is such an integral part of their own culture and how traditions get passed down from generation to generation, which is quite a bit faster than they do for humans because of their shorter lifespans. Yeah, and I think that this poster, it's not printed onto paper it's printed onto canvas i think it's been screen printed and i think it depicts link the the main character as like an arthurian knight almost rather than the video game clothes that the character is actually wearing it it's like if legend of zelda link to the past got passed down in homeric oral tradition and we are now looking at a tapestry that was based on it uh, yeah I, I like this a lot. I would love to add that I think this link is gorgeous, like beautiful, um, captivating to look at. It's it's sort of like how Galahad uh, is somehow sometimes like just, pre, you know, uh, portrayed as like th- this beautiful creature, which is hard to, to picture because most Arthurian like haircuts are bad. Um, so this has like a little bit of like the modern sensibility, but like, I think Link overall is just like a truly beautiful boy in this. And when I open the door, my room is extremely tidy, except for the bed. The bed is always a complete mess. Sheets are messed up, often untucked, pillow on the floor, every indication that I am a very restless sleeper. And... I think I mumble, oh, shoot, give me one second. And I toss the pillow back up on it because I only have the bed, the desk chair. There's no like 
hangout chair, right? So in order to play, we're either sitting on my bed or sitting on the floor. But there are some cushions. No, this makes perfect sense to me because as you described, your room is very neat. Obviously, Chubo's most comfortable place in the room is the bed. Yeah, yeah. And I think there is a small bookcase. There's two bookcases. There's one large one with all of my novels and school textbooks and stuff like that. But there's a smaller one that's just for comic books. And I think that's the one that we tend to rifle through a lot together. And it's since you started coming over when we were little kids, I actually moved that bookcase to be smaller or to be closer to the beds because I know that you really like looking through through my comics and like you're always just lounging around on my bed. I have to remind you to take your shoes off before you come into the room, in fact, because yeah. I just assume you're going to jump right in. Um, no, definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, and I think I would like to add that uh, the comics that you have, the, that box of comics, I think this is a former subject of the wishing engine in that every time we rifle through it, there is something different in there. Like there are the ones that you need, the ones that you're in the middle of, but like there are also weird ones that we've never seen before. Yeah. Uh, would you like to briefly explain as Chuba what the wishing engine is? I, I you know, I'm going to build up to it a little bit, but I think what's important for the audience to know is that Chubo can make wishes. And uh, we'll, 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 we'll see more of that as, as time goes on. But this definitely had, this is one of the better ones uh, that was ever made um, because it's kind of endless entertainment, though it has broken bad a couple times. There are a few horror comics in there that are responsible for uh, some of those, those nightmares and whatnot. I bet there's some real, I bet some Alan Moore made it onto that shelf way too early for our age appropriate levels to mm -hmm. read them um yeah 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 absolutely i think i had another question for you with all of this earlier the conversation that you have in here and i think that this might be the last part of this scene how does it trace around to your guys's true natures when the the mask comes off around uh, Seji's family. Like, what do you talk about in your private moments? Um, you know, I think it is a little bit more mundane than you might imagine. Uh, and a thing that has stuck in Chubo's mind, like as they were kind of headed into the room, this poster of Link that is up is new. Like, I think this is probably like the second or third time Chubo has seen the poster. Um, and because like Zelda right now is a current obsession uh, of these two, um, uh, you know, not Chubo for playing, but but certainly Chubo for for watching and thinking about. And I think Chubo says something like, man, can you believe that Link, Link just gets to go out and do this all the time. You can hear the clicking of the console buttons as I'm playing, and I my eyes are still on the screen as I ask, what do you mean? Well, like, he keeps doing it, right? Like, so, fight Ganondorf or whatever, but, like, I was reading 
that he he's done it before like in the other games like he still has to fight um everything and so like he'll go he'll go on his adventure he'll have it and then a hundred years later or whatever he'll be back and he'll do it again yeah but like i don't know isn't that kind of antithetical to what you're saying it's not like he's going on adventures oh shoot like and then the sounds of button mashing <laughs> what was i saying oh it's not like he's doing this for fun right it he has to otherwise really bad things happen like in this game you know if he doesn't stop the wizard then it's you know the wizard's gonna obliterate this like barrier leading to this weird dark world you know what i'm talking about right like i well, can't remember i mean sure he's got good reasons to do what he's doing but like I, there's got to be a reason that that it's him right it can't be just because he's pretty i'm looking at the pixelated face of link on the screen and i do take my eyes off the screen for a moment to turn around to you and say you think link is pretty and then there's the sound of link getting beat up on screen going oh shoot uh and i'm playing again i'm like probably not anymore but normally yeah i mean like am i crazy like the poster that you have on your room that's link right uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, like that, 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 he's, he looks good there. Yeah, sure. I guess if you're in, into that kind of thing. But like, I mean, I think he's the hero because like somebody had to be right. And it would be like, I can't imagine that, that they would make somebody the hero if they didn't like doing it. Right. I think that this is the part of the level where Link first goes to the Dark World. And his true nature is revealed, and he is transformed into a rabbit temporarily until he can find a trinket that lets him regain his human form. Sort of showing the viewer that he's not an aggressive person at heart. Yeah, this is the start. He has to find three of those trinkets or pendants, right? Before he can move on to fighting, um, what's the wizard's name? Like, Aghanim? And then, and then Ganon, I think? Yeah, something like that. I say, okay, I've, I've made it through the collection. I, I've collected all three of them before, but then I always lose when I get to Ganon. Ganon always gets me. So just give me one second, Shugo. And I think I'm hopping around in the game, and I say, as though returning back to the, the conversation before, I don't know, Shugo, just because you're good at something doesn't mean that you like it. Sometimes it's just like this momentum builds up everyone else expects you to do it and you're really good at doing it and you're really skilled at doing it and maybe it wasn't even something you meant to develop on your own but it just happened to you and then it's just like a roller coaster going down its track like you just have to go along with it and maybe it'll crash one day and it'll derail and then you'll be free finally but you know until then you're just going around and around on the same ups and downs and turns and it'll come back to the platform and you just wait until it goes again and maybe it's like that for link you know like maybe every couple hundred years that roller coaster starts up again and he just has to hold on tight like everybody else ah crud and uh the sounds of the you've died <laughs> part of the video game start up again is like well at least my save point is later than before that's an improvement that's an improvement. You're you're like so close. I can feel it. You're probably get if if you don't get it tonight, you're getting it tomorrow. Which means I got to come over tomorrow.
Yeah, no, you should. Uh, I think mom's going to make that pot pie that she likes to make, even though it's really hot out. Oh, and then I think this is a part of the conversation where I, like a glimpse of my own true nature comes out. I say, there's a new comic on that shelf, by the way. I mean, I don't know if it's new. The publication date is actually pretty old, but I haven't read them before. They're pretty cool. Uh, Chuba's eyes like light up and he leans over the bed to grab like the comic box, like sliding it from underneath the bed and bring it on top. Uh, it like falls in the springs of the mattress and like jostles you both as Chubo like excitedly starts flipping through it while he's doing it, like looking through the different titles. And there are comics, I think, in this that are like the things that you would expect to see, like like dime comics. You know, there are a few things from from the 90s. Uh, there are some some uh, like I think even older ones, like like Silver Age size comics, but there are also truly bizarre comics in here. And I don't mean like comics with an X, alt comics or zines or anything like that, although those are also probably mashed in here. I mean comics that look like they are from the future, comics that look like they are from other dimensions uh, and whatnot. Um, and Chubo is just flipping through and going, well, I don't think Link adventures because he's good at it right like i mean he he stumbles and fails like a lot yeah but that's just part of it you know like well yeah what i mean is uh he's he's does what he does it's not just because he has to right like there's something in there that he likes to do i don't think link likes to like fight or anything like that but i do think he likes to jump around and like walk around and whatnot because he does that a lot and he's got to get good at it so if you want to get good at something you got to like part of it <gasps> whoa you're right in one of like the the new comic that you're flipping through there's something unexpected this is one of those weirder comics, the ones from the future, and sometimes these can be a little bit unsettling. The content doesn't always feel ordinary. It feels like it might be like from some sort of alternate timeline or something like that, but that's not the problem with this one. This is just some, cro some comic that's a crossover of two properties that have never actually met before, saying the heroes will make their return in the next issue, but inside of it is an old photo of you two. And a third person. You haven't seen for a very long time.
Do you love Star Wars but kind of wish you didn't? Then join us on the Expounded Universe podcast as we read through all the old Star Wars novels that took the galaxy far, far away that you know and love and turned it into a place where Han Solo can punch a giant otter and Luke Skywalker almost gets eaten by a giant gold-plated pillar of Dinty Moore beef stew. Did you like Princess Leia? Well, too bad! Now she's a space racist! Don't believe me? You'll just have to listen to find out on Expounded Universe.